Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 200 of The Body Nerd Show. And on today's episode, I'm talking about why your hip flexors are so darn tight, basic hip flexor anatomy, common causes of hip and low back tension and pain, and the best exercises for happy, healthy hip flexors. I have yet to meet anyone who doesn't complain of tight hip flexors because we sit a lot. Even at a standing desk, I got to sit to drive, I sit to eat, I sit to go to the movies. Like we all sit. It's inevitable. It's a totally normal and unavoidable part of modern life. And including sitting on the floor, playing with your kids, like that's still sitting. Another really important piece about hip flexor tension is posture. And I mentioned that because you hear me talk about it all the time. If your hips are always kind of pressed forward, you're resting your pelvis on the kitchen sink or the countertop, this can put some tension on the hip flexors because they are on stretch and your body goes, hey, these are always stretched. Let me make them tighter. So hip flexor tension is a combination of just the environment that we are in. It's a mix two of positions that we commonly find ourselves in. And sometimes it's not just tension. It's not just, oh, stretch your hip flexors, you'll be fine. Because I know from speaking to many of you that pain is also involved, whether that's just the overwhelming tension and the pain that that brings. Maybe it's tingling, numbness, burning. Maybe it's just limited to the front of the hip, but maybe you're also feeling it in your lower back or bursitis. There is a lot going on in and around the hip joint. So whether you have hip flexor tension or you have hip flexor pain, or you're just like, what the heck is going on here? Let us talk about it. But before we do talk about it, I just want to point out that we're on episode 200. And whether you have been here since the beginning or this is your first episode, I just want to take a minute to just seriously thank you for being here. I remember, you know, all my friends had podcasts and I was like, I want to do a podcast too. And this has been such an adventure. I have learned so much personally. I have learned so much about my business and running a business, but also it's given me an opportunity to have conversations both in the DMs and in real life and with people just like you who are listening, who let me know what's going on in your lives and like questions you have that I get to answer, which is amazing. And then I also get to have conversations with some brilliant people who I then go forward and work with. And I hope you too, if any of the guests that I've had have been impactful for you, that you also have learned something from them. My goal has always been to kind of like educate us all, right? To help us all better understand what is going on so that we can move forward with informed consent, right? You're not just at the whims of whatever someone else is telling you, but actually you have a better understanding anatomically and structurally of what's going on. And then most importantly, what you can do 
about it. So thank you for being here for the last couple of years, which is just like insane. And I hope that you're here for another 200 episodes because this is honestly such a joy and privilege to know that every week, thousands of you around the world listen to these episodes. And that is just like, that's so freaking cool. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it is. And I'll tell you a, a little funny story. So I live in Los Angeles and my dad worked in television. And there were many opportunities where I could have been on a television show that he was working on. But you're going to laugh at this story. I don't personally remember this, but my dad loves telling this story that I must have been about four. And he asked if I wanted to be on the show that he was working on at the time. And I said, no, I want my own show. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. But this podcast, honestly, like this is my show, right? I get to have my own show. I get to talk about my own stuff. It's truly like this seems so corny, but this truly is a dream come true. And so when I say thank you for being here and I say thank you at the end of every episode, I just want you to know, like, I really do mean it. So you're the bomb. I appreciate you. And let's talk about some hip flexors. Let's all improve our hip flexors because I literally right now, and I'll tell you about it later today, am in the same boat with you. So what do I mean when I say hip flexors? Well, hip flexion is the action where your thigh moves closer to your chest. It can happen from you bringing your thighs to your chest or it can happen from you bringing your chest down towards your thighs. Either way, that is called hip flexion, which is where we get the term hip flexor. The major muscles here that are responsible for hip flexion are your psoas, which we definitely talk about and we can talk more about, and I know we will talk more about in future episodes, uh, and and its partner called the iliacus. So those two blend together to be your primary hip flexors, but they don't work alone. So you also get some help from a quadricep, uh, specifically your rectus femoris. You also get some help from uh, the sartorius, which every time I see this muscle, I just think sartorius, um, and I hope you do too. Uh, so this is a muscle that runs along the front of the hip. And then another smaller muscle called the pectineus. So all of these together are considered hip flexors. And while their action is to bring the thigh towards the chest or the chest towards the thigh, they also contribute to low back stability. So this is why it's so important when I talk about position and I talk about getting a neutral, it's not just because I love talking talking about posture because I'm a nerd, uh, but because your position has an impact on so many other tissues and structures. So think of your body as a cube and just the pelvis and the hips and pelvis specifically, right? We have a front, that's where the hip flexors are. We have a back, that's where the glutes are. You have sides, this is where like IT band, TFL are. And then there's also a top and a bottom. Mostly with the bottom, we're talking like pelvic floor and above would be core musculature. So if one side of the cube is pulling or it is restricted or it is stiff for any reason, that has an impact on the other parts of the cube. So in this case, if you have tight hip flexors, they can lead to low back pain because they're actually kind of pulling on the pelvis and creating some compression or restriction in the lower back. Now, there is a term for this. It is called lower crossed syndrome. This is when you have short, tight hip flexors and a tight or painful lower back. 
it comes paired with weak abdominals and weak glutes. And so again, if you think of that cube shape, like the cube shape, you know, it's the shape of a cube. But if you think of um, hip flexors up to your lower back and then abs down to your glutes, those make an X if they draw straight lines between the two of those. And so that's why it's called lower crossed syndrome. Now, I think this syndrome is like a little bit dramatic to throw syndrome on the end of this concept because if you're a human in the modern world, you're probably going to have some combination of this just again because of the shape we find ourselves in so often. So don't just focus on stretching your hip flexors. Uh, What you're going to have better results with is if you also work on your booty strength and that glute strength and working on your position so that you have balance within the whole body, especially again, thinking of the cube idea from to back, left to right, top to bottom. And I don't think that like having tight hip flexors alone isn't just like, oh my gosh, this is a terrible problem, you know, that you need to be super worried about. We are looking for balance. We are looking to be in our best positions as often as possible. And if you do have pain, right, this is where I want to be looking at how the balance is working in and around where you may be experiencing that issue. So common hip flexor issues, of course, there are sports athletic injuries that are very common for the hip flexors that can include strains or tears, tendinosis, bursitis. Anytime you have an overuse type of injury, if you're like doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, you know, I'm thinking of a kicker. I was going to say a long snapper and then I was like, no, that's really going to reveal my lack of knowledge of football, but like a kicker in football or even a soccer player, right? That repetitive kicking motion. That's something that definitely uses your hip flexors. And even if you're like, wait, but I don't, I don't play athletics, but I still have hip flexor issues. Yeah. Right. An athlete is going to be using that area potentially depending on the specifics of their sport more frequently, but anybody can experience hip flexor issues. Anytime you move too fast or you ask a tissue to kind of sustain a heavier load than it's trained to, you're going to run the risk of injury. And hip flexor injuries and pain can manifest not just at the front of the thigh, but definitely into the groin or the medial part, the inside part of the thigh. You can have pain with extension or that like stretch, of course, but you can also just have tenderness over the front of the hip or maybe you have swelling here. And where you're experiencing this hip flexor tension may not even be in the hip flexor. So let's say you have low back discomfort and you're doing everything you can to address the lower back and it's not changing. Well, maybe it's because it's coming from the front of the body. Maybe it's that hip flexor tension that's putting you into that anterior pelvic tilt that is contributing to that low back pain. So the fix is not spending all your time focusing on the lower back, but actually addressing what's going on in your hip flexors that can bring you relief. So again, a zooming out for a whole body approach is typically gonna be your best bet because you, my friend, are a whole body. You're not just hip flexors. You're not just a lower back or anything like that. The number one question I get within the comments and my DMs and my emails is, I have this issue, what should I do for it? And I get when you've tried icing and you've tried stretching and they're not really working, you probably are looking for a simple program that you can do on your own that actually works. And that's exactly why I put together the Mobility Mastery Toolkit. The toolkit includes 30 days of exercises so you know exactly what to do to improve the mobility of your hips, your lower back, your feet, your neck, and your shoulders. 
Plus it comes with video demos for every single exercise and a full body mobility workout calendar so you can check it off. And again, you don't have to think about what to do. You just get it done. And with all of those resources, you're just 15 minutes a day from feeling stronger and more flexible. As a Body Nerd Show listener, you can save 50% off when you use the code MASTERY at mobilitytoolkit.co. That's right. Use the code MASTERY, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y, at mobilitytoolkit.co. And then keep me posted how it goes. So... One of the reasons I definitely wanted to talk about hip flexors today is because of something that I'm personally experiencing right now that involves hip flexors. And it's something called neuralgia paresthetica, which is a issue with the nerve right at the front of your hip. So there is a nerve called the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. So it's on the outside, lateral femoral at the leg, cutaneous, meaning it's very close to the surface. And because of its position that comes right underneath the inguinal ligament, right over the front of the hip, it doesn't have a lot of cushion. It doesn't have a lot of room for error. So when it is irritated or restricted, you can have symptoms like pain or numbness or sensory loss. So for me, what this felt like is I've been having low back pain for quite a while. And if you're like, Alex, you haven't been working on it. No, I have been working on it, but I'm not going to lie. I've been mailing it in. <laughs> like, I don't want you to think either that like I have it all figured out and everything is perfect. And I never experienced pain because that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I was experiencing some back pain. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Couldn't put my finger on it. It wasn't really, really resolving. I kept going after the lower back, kind of working on the thighs, but not really. And then I was like, oh, wow. When I stand here at my desk, my thigh goes numb. Hmm, that's interesting. So I went to my chiropractor because he does a lot of hands-on work and body work. And we have a great rapport. And I just told him what I was experiencing, what I had been working on, and what his suggestions or ideas were. And then he starts asking me some questions. He's like, oh, I absolutely had that too. Here's what it is. And kind of like, good luck. It took forever. <laughs> Just like, But you know me and my body nerd brain. I was like, great. Well, we're going to go approach this very strategically and go step by step to see how we can make some change. So I've been working on the hip flexors and that made some progress. And then I started working on the lower back and glutes while also focusing on strengthening through the buttocks and improving position so that I'm not hanging out on my hip flexors. And that helped somewhat. And then again, this concept of a cube, just this week, we did some pelvic floor work in our brain lab inside Movement Mavens, and that has made the biggest difference so far. So if you're wondering too, when I say like, oh, you know, you just do this like in a strategic way and like what that actually means, it's exactly this, right? There is an issue. I do some mobilizations with therapy balls and activations and then see how it goes. And then if I'm getting some improvement, but not enough, I might change one thing. So I'm still doing the same activations I've been doing all along um, with some minor changes, Really, the changes have been with the mobilizations and finding, you know, what is the tissue that is overly restricted or even like understimulated and unable to fire in the way I need it to so that I can address that with my therapy balls and then with the activation, retrain the brain and body how to work together. 
what I have found, at least in my own body, is that getting nerves to calm down after they've been triggered is a much longer road of consistent work than dealing with just soft tissues alone. But also nothing in the body is purely structural, right? Never are you ever just talking to meat or just talking to muscles. You're always having a conversation with the nervous system and the soft tissues and retraining how your brain and body work together and how they move together so you can do so in a way that doesn't cause pain. Like pain is also a habit that your brain learns. And so it's not enough to just like, well, look, I cleaned it, I erased it. But if I haven't, you know, gone even deeper to address the movement pattern that's contributing to that in the first place, then I'm just like cleaning the same thing over and over again, but not fixing the leak from the ceiling that's causing the stain on the floor or the table or whatever, if that analogy helps. So I will keep talking about this definitely on social media. And if you also are someone who's experienced this, both my chiropractor and myself, like we have made improvements. I notice a huge difference now compared to when I first went and worked with him. And honestly, the biggest difference for me was just understanding what it was, which then allowed me to create a plan to move forward. Because I was kind of like, oh, is it this? Is it that? But that's also why having somebody who you can collaborate with, whether it is a coach like myself, whether it is a chiropractor, whether it's a physical therapist, whether it's all of the above, so that you can be the best person to help yourself. Because even twice a week appointments with a chiropractor, with a physical therapist, like that doesn't make up for the other 23 hours a day, seven days a week that you're moving and breathing and existing in your body. So you are the best person to take excellent care of yourself. And that's why I'm here. Right? Let's like back to the mission statement of this podcast is so that we can all elevate our understanding of anatomy, of physiology, of biology, so that we can make a choice about what that next best step is. So back to the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. This is also the interesting thing, because again, we're talking about hip flexors, but it's never as straightforward as just hip flexors. So this comes off of the spinal cord in your lower back at L1 to L3. So in your lumbar spine, there are five vertebra, which means that there are six nerves that come off. So L1, L2, L3 blend together, come around the outside of the hip right underneath that inguinal ligament, like I talked about. So if you put your hands on your hips, where your fingers are is very close to where this nerve is passing over the top of your thigh. And it goes over some of the muscles that we talked about, including the sartorius. Sorry, I had to, I had to. And then dives deeper into the thigh. So if there's that restriction there, it could be coming from the hip. It could be coming from the lower back. It could be coming from any number of places where this nerve uh, passes through. And the variations of where it is passing through can present with different symptoms. So definitely, if this is something that you're experiencing, I would strongly, strongly recommend that you seek out additional help, whether that's with a physical therapist or a chiropractor um, or somebody else who can help address how you're moving and help you create a plan to move forward. Now, when it comes to causes of this myalgia parasitica, what I find to be really interesting is that when you Google it, you get causes like pregnancy and tight clothing. And that's true too. Um, and of course, local trauma, if you get like whacked right at the front of the hip or any diseases that cause neuropathy, like diabetes, for example. But there's lots of people who wear tight clothes and who get pregnant who don't have an issue. And so this is where I feel like those causes aren't all that helpful, right? Oh, you got pregnant. That's why you have it. 
okay so like i just wait to no longer be pregnant and just goes away and i know for so many of you too like that's not how it works so my opinion is that it has more to do with your position and with overall tissue tension which may be a secondary effect of pregnancy or tight clothing and how you're carrying yourself that that is causing hip flexor tension whether it's just tension or something more involved like neuralgia parasitica So for all of us, our goal here, if you're like, oh my gosh, there's all these things that could happen in my hips, we just need to get ourselves stacked, make sure that we are strong in our glutes, not only doing things like bridge lifts, because those are super important, but also making sure you're working on one side at a time so any of those imbalances are addressed. Now, stretching and myofascial release do improve range of motion. And myofascial release includes any sort of massage, whether you're doing it with your hand or a tool, like a foam roller or a therapy ball. And a 2014 study looked at the effect of foam rolling and static stretching on passive hip flexion and range of motion and found that foam rolling and static stretching together made the biggest change. But all three of stretching, foam rolling, and a combo improved hip flexor range of motion. But remember, if you just massage or you just stretch, it's going to change tissue tension. You're going to feel that improvement in range of motion, but it doesn't address the movement patterns that led you there in the first place. So making sure that you're also doing activations that help your body reset your movement patterns and reset your movement patterns to be more neutral are going to be so, so, so important. And it'll depend, of course, from person to person in your own movement history. But something like bridge lifts, right? Laying on your back with your knees bent and your feet flat and picking your hips up off the ground or side planks are another one I like. Both will work glute and hip strength. And you're working on getting the hips into a slight extension, which will help to take some of that pressure off of the hip flexors. And bridge lifts and side planks are what I have been doing a lot of and just variations on those because Again, the activations are super, super important. Yes, I want to remind my body how to move, but even more important than that is how I'm walking, how I'm standing. And in all of those, that's where I can make those micro adjustments, right? That's where I can notice, oh, hey, my back is kind of bugging me. Let me drop my ribs, soften my knees and get myself stacked in my best posture. So for every episode, I feel like I always say this, like work on your posture because it's true, (laughs) right? All roads lead to improving your posture and really your awareness of your posture so that you can move better and consequently feel better overall. So in addition to bridge lifts and side planks, like what about hip flexor strength and mobility? So inside Movement Mavens, I've put together video plans for different issues and hip flexor tension is definitely one of them because again, so many people experience this. So rolling and mobilizations, like I said, with a therapy ball or with a foam roller, you definitely want to roll your quads. Like do not skip the quads. My quads are like crying just thinking about this, Uh, but also places like your abdomen or your guts can be really, really helpful. Again, those are going to address hip flexor tension, but especially with the abdomen and rolling your guts, it's going to help to improve your proprioception or your awareness of how to engage through the abdominals. So again, we go back to this lower cross syndrome. We have weak hip flexors that are tight and a tight lower back that's also weak. And where we need to strengthen is in the abdominals and the glutes. So for strengthening in those areas, something like uh, hip circles or hip cars would be a great place to work. But anything that strengthens abdominals or glutes is going to be a great place to start. 
And then within your strength training, making sure that your hinge variations like good mornings or deadlifts or swings are absolutely on point. Because again, all the work I do in my mobility plan and my body maintenance, if then I go work out or I go move around and I'm just defaulting back to my patterns, I'm going to be stuck in that cycle of having to work on the same thing over and over and over and over again. But also like pretty much everything. Working just where it hurts or just where you're feeling that tension is ignoring how movement patterns, even in other parts of your body, can be contributing. And this is why a full body approach that takes your whole movement history into consideration is so great. So yeah, maybe your hips do rock forward, but is it because your spine is stiff? Is it because you lack um, the ability to move through your rib cage? It could be a number of things, and it depends from person to person. Use the stuff that I've talked about in today's episode of strengthening your glutes, strengthening your abdominals, working on addressing the tension in your quads. That's a fantastic place to start. But if you're like, I've already been doing that and I'm not sure what exactly I'm missing, that's where something like a mobility assessment can be really helpful because it allows us to work together to come up with a plan that addresses your own movement history. So if that sounds of interest to you, check out mobility assessments at aewellness.com slash mobility. So I have a few other episodes that are also about hip flexors and thighs, definitely check out episode 175. That's all about pelvic floor and pain. Like I mentioned, just started working on pelvic floor for my lower back, for my hip flexors. And that has been really, really, really helpful. But I didn't start there because I had to work my way around the cube and address everything else as well. But if that, if you are like, listen, I've marked off glutes, I've marked off quads, I've been doing all of that, check out episode 175. And also check out episode 152. It's all about your hip flexors and back pain. So more conversations, more thoughts and movement about your hip flexors. And just know too, like I say this every episode because I a thousand percent believe it to be true, but you can enjoy life without pain. And it probably is not going to happen in like six days, but through a consistent practice effort that doesn't have to take you more than 15 minutes a day and doesn't have to be overly complicated. It can be as simple as doing, you know, one rolling action and one activation and calling it a day. So use these as resources and please, please, please reach out if you have questions about anything. You know where to find me on the socials. I'm there. And speaking of working together in real life, the 2023 Maven's Retreat is the opportunity to do just that. So it is happening May 17th through the 21st in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which is probably one of my most favorite places in the universe. And I don't know if you guys can hear this on the audio because she is not snoring very loud, but Ella is snoring my puggle in the background. And I go on retreat to be as unbothered as she is to be like my dog who can just go from, you know, a hundred miles an hour playing, just like full out sleeping, snoring. Whereas I feel like I have to do 900,000 things before bed just to get kind of sleepy. And that's because I'm stressed. (laughs) So you are invited to play on the beach to eat the best tacos with the most delicious guacamole, to sleep unbothered without an alarm clock and to move your body every single day. It's just you, me on a beach with that unlimited delicious guacamole. And it's going to be amazing. 
So if you want to learn more about retreat, head on over to aewellness.com slash retreat. And if you want to go and you would also like to save $250 off, then send me an email with the subject retreat me before February 28th. My email is info at aewellness.com and I'll get you hooked up. So we do have payment plans. We do have the option to share a room. If you have a friend who would love to come on retreat, you guys can share a room and save a lot of money. And that discount of $250 off will still apply. Wink, wink. So definitely go check it out. Our payment plan options will be only available through the month of February. So if that is something that you're thinking about or considering, it is time to check it out and make your decision which is wild to say, because I know May feels so far away, but it will be here in like a hundred days, which is crazy to think about. So I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And like I said, if you have questions about anything, you can find me on TikTok at AE Wellness. You can find me on Instagram at Hala from or you can leave a voicemail on the Body Nerd Hotline. That number is 818-396-6501. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to 200 episodes. <laughs> like That's bananas. Thank you for taking the time to leave reviews. Thank you for sharing the episode and help getting the word out for all of those things. I am grateful for you. So thank you. So here's asking better questions, moving more, strengthening our glutes and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks, and bodywork is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.